you definitely do not spend all your time talking about classes. I remember having conversations where students will come in. I literally like five minutes will be the classes, how things are going, how we can make sure things are steady and going in a way that you feel is comfortable. Then it was more of the personal. Welcome to Unlocking College Life. Real talk about all things college. The best part of this podcast is that your voice is part of the show. Other students care what you have to say. So through your questions, your feedback, and your real talk, we all grow together. Let's dive in with your hosts, Joy and Alona. Welcome back to Unlocking College Life. We are joined today by Makita Turner, who is an incredible person and our first non-student guest. So I hope she feels honored. And I am super excited that she's here today for all of her student-facing roles. And I just see her as someone who has helped so many students, especially students who may not have really seen themselves as being successful in college. And so I'm excited that she's joining us today. So do you want to introduce yourself, Makita? Thank you for having me. By the way, Makita Turner, I work at the University of Michigan. I've had many years of experience working with students specifically in student affairs and student facing roles. Now I'm more in an administrative role. I have worked at U of M for almost 17 years. So I've seen students on a plethora of areas grow and aspire to be and do great things in life. So I'm excited to be here. So maybe talk a little bit about some of the students that you've met with where you've realized that they could have not succeeded or maybe might not have found their way in an institution, but that being connected to a professional who was really able to guide them made a difference. I have to start from the beginning just to give you the roadmap, but I first started working with students in an admissions role. So working specifically with students that are particularly not as confident in coming into a institution such as the University of Michigan. So students from urban areas, first generation students, low income students. So starting from there, making sure, and I would say that students like have an opportunity to say, I can get in and do well. So there's a lot of gatekeeping in high school, right? So you come in and you have a high school counselor that says, "Ah, maybe you shouldn't try that school. What's another school? That's a reach school for you. Let's try another school. So coming in as an admissions counselor, being able to see the student like, hey, you actually might be able to get in. Let's have conversations. Let's talk. And so I have seen students from the urban areas. I've seen students from more of a suburban area specifically, maybe a student of color as well, that may have had that gatekeeper and saying, no, I don't think you should apply here. I've worked specifically with those students to apply, actually get in and graduate. So it's been really an interesting time. So seeing as an admissions counselor and then going in and I started working in advising Sometimes I saw the gap in where they connected with a professional as an admissions counselor, but yet there wasn't a seamless transition. So that's what basically encouraged me to do advising. So from there, I found that advising is where you really can see the student more entrenched area where you can have conversations about, let's talk about that class. Let's talk about this experience. So I would see students, I would have connections with them. And the ones that came in often 
were the ones that did better in managing the educational journey. Well, as you were talking to us thinking, even with the admissions process, sometimes students will say, yeah, I got in. And then when I got here, I felt completely lost and sort of like abandoned. Right. So it's like it's one thing to feel like, okay, I got here, wherever here is, but then to feel it was almost a setup. Not and I'm not even just talking about imposter syndrome. I'm talking about like the real barriers that exist. And so I wonder for those students out there that might be listening, if you sort of heard particular things or for you, you were able to impart particular wisdom on like how to get through that. So there are two things that I think about, Joy. So as an admissions counselor and working specifically in outreach areas, universities tend to put people of color in outreach divisions and departments. So students would come in, students of color would come in and say, hey, it was like 50 of you guys here. And now I can't find any professional that looks like me. What happened? So when you said it was a setup, that's where students would definitely say, wait a minute, where are the professionals of color? Where are the students of color? Because you all even brought students of color into the high schools that currently go there. So that was something that was challenging and also would encourage me to become an academic advisor. But I've seen that where students would come in and they say, okay, I'm here. Now what? And sometimes you don't always connect with your academic advisor. I have to say that out loud because students experience that. So it doesn't mean that you have to keep that same person. Really what is helpful is to have conversations with your friends and your peers to say, hey, who was your advisor? Do you actually go and see them? Oh, my advisor is pretty cool. They helped me out. Who is that individual? And you can actually go to them as well. You don't have to keep the same academic advisor. If there is any type of professional that you've connected with, say you wanted to study abroad and you found an abroad advisor or career counselor, connect with those individuals. It is really, really important to continue. If you connect with the professional on campus, continue to try to work with them. They may not be the individual that can help you specifically with your challenge or your question, but I guarantee that they know someone because we're all connected as professionals on campus. We have a connection somehow. And I really appreciate you bringing up the variety of positions. Like, I do think that a lot of students may not know, oh, there is actually a study abroad advisor, right? So there's no real roadmap. But I like that you're emphasizing talk to whomever you are already connected with, because they can hopefully tell you about all these other folks. Super important. I guess what I would wonder is for the students who don't feel connected or aren't sure who to go to, if it's not their academic advisor, I think sometimes they don't even know the questions to ask when they're feeling, I don't belong, or it's less of a like logistical question. It can sometimes be like a feeling of, wait, am I supposed to be here? What am I supposed to do? Sometimes I'm not sure how to give students advice about how to start those conversations. It's hard to name that. And sometimes maybe it's easier to name with a professional. Sometimes maybe it's easier to name with a student. But I don't know if you've had experience with students who have sort of been lost or you've had to sort of like scoop them up too. Absolutely. So I remember specifically a student that I worked with, and this is what I thought it was really, really interesting. This was a student that came in during through our Summer Bridge program. And Summer Bridge is a transition program for high achieving high school students. Seven week program. You come on campus, you have academic advisors you are connected with, you have peer advisors, so current students, you have instruction, so instructors on campus, faculty, 
and you're just in this community, this supportive community, right? And this is during the summer. In the fall, it looks really, in people that more so look like you, right? So a very diverse environment. So in the fall, I have two instances where students were like, wait a minute, the sense of belonging is, where is that? It's gone now. So I have a student specifically that first generation, low income, they were placed in North Campus in one of the areas. And of course, for those that understand North Campus, it's like miles away from Central Campus, right? So classes are not right in front of you. You have to actually find your space there. She was placed on North Campus. It was really hard for her to connect with people and trying to find those individuals that she connected with on campus in the summertime. So it was really hard. She would go on North campus and never come back. So hard to go to class. She went to one class and one class, that one class was the instructor that she had during bridge. It was her math class. So I was receiving messages stating that she was not going to class. That usually doesn't happen in a lot of situations, but it was because she was in one of the classes that in the instructors that I knew from bridge. Hey, she's not coming to class. What's going on? I knew she was going to the math class. Some advisors don't necessarily do this, but I went to that math class when it was over just to say, I messaged the instructor at first to say, I'm going to come by and visit. But I had to have a conversation with her to see what was going on. It, It was that I'm far away from people. I don't understand what's going on. I don't feel like I belong. No one from my school is here. So it's hard to connect, right? So it was really, really interesting. She was in a place that she just felt like hard to be academically, socially. So it was very challenging for her. She didn't end up staying, but that's okay because she knew she finally came to the group like, wow, you were the only person that cared about me. I really appreciate that, but I really would like to do something else. I have another student that actually graduated, and this was a student that is a first-generation student as well. That student was a student of color, a white student that went to Bridge. However, she said, I was placed in like this German (laughs) residential hall where she did not speak German at all. She felt like I was getting ready to leave. What is this? So it's really important where you're placed in terms of your residential area. So I think we've kind of filled the gap in ways where we're making sure that students are not placed in North Campus. Students are not placed in these very specialized learning communities. It has to fit in terms of what you've selected. So that student did graduate, got a master's. Wonderful things happen, right? So I just wanted to give another example, but it's really important. If these students had not come to me and continue to have these conversations, I think I wouldn't know how to address it with that first student I gave you an example of and also having going back to housing to say, hey, we got to make sure our students are placed in areas that they can find people. Yeah. And I think, right, that feels a little bit like a setup because you said, right, the summer program is pretty hands on, pretty involved, engaged, and then all of a sudden it's very different. And so it makes me wonder how to bridge that from bridge to from the summer bridge, right to the fall bridge, like how do you not suddenly drop students? How do you prepare them that this could look differently or how to better connect them? And I know that you have been in such a connector role for so many years, really wonderful to hear you connecting the dots from different perspectives, like you said, from admissions, then to advising, you get to sort of see the journey and you get to see and expose where we have holes to still fill. So I appreciate that. Maybe 
sort of transitioning to your success coaching role, what do you hear the most? What are the questions that students are coming to you and saying, help me? What are the themes to share with our listeners? So things that I specifically hear a lot of challenges with friends, like friendships and not necessarily romantic relationships, but those close friends where you might've connected as maybe your first couple of some months here and now the relationship has changed or you see maybe they party too much and I'm not much of a party or they're drinking and I'm not a drink. So those are the things that I've seen in the themes where it's how do I have conversations and set boundaries where this person I feel as if is draining me. Maybe you have the friend that just calls you or talks to you about all of their problems and challenges and you're having challenges yourself and it's really heavy. So I've seen that a lot in the coaching area for graduate students. I like to address graduate students. Graduate students, I've seen a lot of students have challenges with, of course, the imposter syndrome and that inner critic. I'm not sure if I even belong here. These people are really performing at high levels. I've seen older students, and they're not even that much older, but graduate students have had jobs and worked in getting into a doctoral program or a master's level program, connecting that way, where they're with younger students who have not had as much experience. So finding connections there have been challenging for them, for grad students I've seen. So just being able to work with in those areas and making sure that maybe we can find connections in different ways. So helping the student who was having issues or challenges with the relationships, making sure that we are giving them the space to talk about, okay, I want to set this boundary setting, say I'm only talking from five to eight or five to six. I can only give you 10 minutes of this conversation because I have to study or I want to go and do a yoga class or something like telling them and giving them that space to say, maybe you should have conversations with them to say, Hey, the information you're giving me is kind of heavy, or I can only talk to you for 15 minutes. So giving them the space to say that. And also for the grad student, I would say finding ways that they connect, maybe organizations on campus, like grad level organizations, maybe identity based organizations or something that maybe based off their interest that they could potentially connect with other grad students that might either look like them or have had the same experience as them. Of course, wellness coaching is something that I've seen this a lot in my role as a wellness coach. So those are the things that I've seen with students. Well, I think that's a good reminder too. I mean, I think we talk about that a lot, which is that there's lots of helping professionals. If you are listening out there and you're like, what's a wellness coach? I mean, that's actually, it's not in every university, but there are a lot more colleges and universities that have folks that are doing coaching around wellness, which is slightly different from going to a counseling office. And I think you can't go to the wrong place. Relationships are such a big topic. And actually, I just presented on relationships last night, but I won't go into that whole thing. But I think that that is such a struggle for so many students, whether it's a relational space between them and a professor, whether it's a friend, whether it's a roommate, that's so hard. And that is something you can talk with even your advisor about. I think that's like the Maybe the myth that there might be out there in a student's mind is if I go to my academic advisor, that's to talk about academics and class. And I promise you, maybe you can reinforce this, Makita. That's not what you spend all of your time doing. (laughs) 
you definitely do not spend all your time talking about classes. I remember having conversations where students will come in. I literally like five minutes will be the classes, how things are going, how we can make sure things are steady and going in a way that you feel is comfortable. Then it was more of the personal. And that moment is where you've built that relationship with that student and a trust with that student. And that's what I love about it. This is what I definitely felt like. This is what I am here for. I've had a student talk about how do I file my taxes? Just things where you have no clue that it is specifically or strictly that type of relationship. Of course, I said, you need to talk to someone else about filing the taxes, but they felt comfortable enough where they said, how do I do this? Where do I start? And that's what I loved about academic advising, or even building the relationship as a professional with students where we talked about those personal conversations and personal things. Well, and with everything, right, the rapport is so, so important. And I cannot imagine, I mean, you could do cut and dry, well, these are the classes you have to take. But if you don't know what is happening in their life, what they're navigating, it's going to be hard to really effectively advise them on their academic path as well. So you think, how can you really separate them? Well, maybe just, I don't know that we looped back when Makita mentioned this earlier, but just to reinforce, if you are connected with an academic advisor or a roommate or any other person where you're thinking this is not working, you don't have to always stick with it. Now, what I'm not saying is that it's always resolvable, so I don't want you to hear me say that. But I think sometimes people think, well, this is what was assigned to me, and so I just have to live with it. I have had students say, well, I don't want to make my academic advisor feel bad, <laughs> you know, if I switch or mentor or whatever. And I think most of us would say we want the student to have a good fit. And so just really reminding folks that, if in any of those roles, if you're like, ooh, you know, this is just not a good match, that's okay. We really feel strongly that you, we want students to be successful. So to know that you can ask those questions, could I maybe see someone who might be more of an expert in whatever? Or I don't know what, if you have anything to say about that too, Makita. I do. I want to reassure if, if something feels off with the student where ah, I just don't quite connect I guarantee that the advisor or that professional feels the same. So it's almost a relief where it's like, phew, okay, thank you for selecting someone else. I'm okay with it. I really, really am. I believe me. Sometimes it works out for the both of them. Well, and I think that for those who, it's sometimes hard, right? We certainly see it in counseling that the professional is in a position of power no matter how we sort of create a non-judgmental, caring environment, you're still in a position of power. And so for some students, it just might be difficult to just plain tell you, I don't think you're a good fit for me. So it's also good for students to know how to go about that. Do they just contact the department and just ask, can I please be reassigned? Doesn't, not every student will feel comfortable addressing it head on with the person in the room. I guess in the advising realm, what would be the process? So I think it varies in each department. Where I worked or used to work specifically, you could ask for the switch through the administrator, so one of the directors. So the student would have to contact the director to say, hey, can you switch from me for, to another advisor in the department? So that is something that could done very, very easily. Sometimes I didn't even know where a student 
switched from me to another advisor. Sometimes I would just see them sitting in the office and I'll say, oh, okay, looks like they switched, which is fine. It was totally fine. My goal was to make sure that you were seeing someone. Please go in and see someone. So that is usually the case. You can ask to switch probably through an administrator within the office. Well, and I think that these experiences also allow us to reflect on what has or has not worked in forums who might be a better fit. Yeah. And this is also where I think students can ask friends. They might be thinking, can I switch my advisor? Can I switch this other thing? And just ask, say, have you ever heard of that? And it could be that the students, your peers are the ones that are also, oh, yeah, I did that. Or I know so-and-so did it. Go talk to them. I think anything that seems like it has to be X way, it usually isn't the case. And really, really trying to get the message across that y'all have voice and advocacy for creating your college experience the way you want it to roll out. Okay, so we're coming up to the end of our time with you today, Makita. So do you have any last words of wisdom for those students out there that are listening and want to hear kind of the pearls from your experience with students? So I would say it's important to make sure that you find that sense of belonging, that community for you. And once you find that safe, supportive environment or community, whoever that might be. It could be a group of peers. It could be a professionals. It could be someone that is a more of like a mentor for you. But finding that community is really, really important and making sure that you're comfortable enough to have conversations and let them know what's going on. Because I guarantee that someone will be able to assist you with something and, and it may be, this might be not the space for me to be, and maybe that's transferring out. But if your ultimate goal is to graduate and do well, make sure that you find that supportive community. It's very, very important. And seek out help. People are afraid of the word help, but it's really making sure that you find your people. So you can eliminate the word help. It's just my people, someone that my, your kitchen cabinet, I've heard that before, your executive board, I've heard that before more in the professional spaces. Find those individuals and utilize them. Yeah, I love that. I've also heard of it as the wisdom circle. Who are you bringing in to sort of be your circle of advisors or whether you call it help or not? So I appreciate that reframe. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Makita. And we will be with you next time. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review us on your favorite pod platform. Share with your friends if this is making you think about and participate in college differently. We want to hear from you. Connect with us on Instagram and let us know how it's going. This podcast is not professional advice or replacement for therapy. If you need professional advice, you should find it with professionals in your area, such as your primary care physician or therapist.